welcome to the Spirit of West Texas podcast, where we are having real conversations with people who live and work in West Texas. Our guests this season will tell us about their big dreams. They'll share about their challenges and successes that they've had along their journey. Listen in and we hope you'll learn something and maybe even have some fun with us along the way. Good morning, Amy. Hello. Man, I tell you, I am super stoked for our guest this morning uh, for episode two. Uh, this is a very inspiring story. Do you want to introduce who our guest yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm so excited today, Jared, to have forward and starting senior for the Texas Tech Red Raiders, number 11, Bryson Williams. <laughs> In the podcast studio this morning, so it's super fun today because we have an audience, because we have a local, How can you not have not an audience with Bryson being in the building? Yeah, yeah. In the podcast studio. So Bryson transferred to Texas Tech last year after playing two seasons in his hometown at Fresno State, followed by UTEP, where he'd redshirt for a season before playing two. The bank is incredibly lucky to have partnered with Bryson for the season, and we could not have asked for a better student athlete to represent First United Bank on and off the court. He's so unbelievably impressive. He's an outstanding athlete and just a really, really nice guy. So he is an incredible story, Jared, and Red Raider fan or not, I know that everyone listening to this episode is going to be blessed by what he has to say. I'm stoked. I'm I'm ready. I'm stoked too. Let's hear about his hustle. All right, let's do it. (laughs) Let's jump in. Here we go. Welcome, Bryson. Oh, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. We're so excited to have you. In fact, hands down, you are the coolest person that we've ever interviewed on the Spirit of West Texas podcast. I feel like we have a celebrity in the studio today. <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> My son, Brady, that you met a few weeks ago, um, he's 13 and he was like begging me this morning, Mom, please, can I just come in with you so I can get to see Bryson? And I was like, no, son, Bryson would tell you to get your butt in class <laughs> yes. and to go to school today. School is important. So we're so happy to have you. So I'm just curious, did your alarm go off this morning at 540? Like what uh, time did you get up? Six, actually, 6.30 this morning. I feel like that's late for you. Yeah, it is pretty late. You slept in. Yeah, yeah I slept in a little bit. That's why you declined the coffee? Yeah. You no, didn't need it today? I didn't need the coffee today. <laughs> so I know for a lot of kids, um, you're the player that, that they most look up to. So I'm curious, when you were growing up, who was your favorite player? Who did you look up to? Um, my favorite player growing up? Um, I had actually a few. I liked, uh, I liked Tracy McGrady a lot. Um, I liked Kobe. I loved Kobe Bryant, just his mentality and the way he plays and how hard he plays every night and stuff like that. And then, um, and uh, I liked Yao Ming, to be honest. I okay. liked Yao Ming because just the adversity he had to go through coming from China, coming over here, and uh, and how tall he is. I, I just loved how tall he was, really, just being a young kid, seeing how big he was, though. So. That's awesome. So you've come a long way from Fresno, and I know that your mom's still there. Will you tell us a little bit about your childhood and where you grow up and your story um growing up in fresno i mean um me i mean it was just me my mom my sister uh, we we grew up um i mean we grew up i mean just as a family it was a family union i mean it was really just us we felt like us against the world really i mean my mom she was she took good care of us i mean i never was a person that was ever able to like go to parties or go hang out and things like that because just my mom knowing the environment that we were living in and knowing how dangerous it is and just how easy it is to fall into traps and things like that that are you know present in Fresno and things like that so I mean really it was just us and then um, coming into high school and things like that that's when I really fell in love with uh, I mean I've been loved basketball since I started in fifth grade but when I really truly fell in love with it was uh, in the eighth grade because that's when I started really you know taking it serious and like just putting all the time I had into it 
So, do you think it was because of your teammates, your coaches? Why? Why did you in the eighth grade fall in love with basketball? Uh, it was def- it was my coach. It was really my coach, my mentor, uh, Coach Oak Arturo Ormond. Uh, he, uh, I met him after. Uh, I met him after eighth grade when I graduated eighth grade. He uh, came and talked to me and told me like, you know, I had uh, he believed that I had a chance to be really good in basketball. And he t- but he told me like uh, he sat down with me, and my mom and told me it was going to take a lot of hard work. It was going to take some long, some really early mornings, some very late nights. And, uh, and you know, I was up for the challenge. I wanted to be good. And I, I, I knew I wanted to play this. So that's what I was. I'd step up to the plate. So your mom, she you say she kind of kept you in line and she protected yes. you from, you know, getting in trouble. Were you a good kid or did you give your mom some trouble? I mean, I, I mean, I feel like everybody get, I give my mom a little trouble. I was a, Even still? I'm a, a little busy. I mean, she, I give her a little trouble here and there, but I mean, I was never like out of pocket, you know, I never just was acting out all the time or anything like that. But, um, she, she made sure she kept me in line for sure. Or I was going to get it to my tail. So I was, <laughs> I didn't want that. So tell me, I love this story about your mom. Um, Denise, I love that she was making shirts like rhinestone blinged out shirts with your name on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she started selling them. Tell me about that. Tell her. Oh, that was just the start. That. That's just the start. <laughs> my mom, see, I mean, my mom was the ultimate hustler. Like she, when, I mean, just from when we was young, she used to drop us off at my grandma's house and she'd just be making moves. I mean, she did uh, pamper chef. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of some other things she did. I mean, make the making shirts, um, making socks. She trying to learn how to make underwear right now. Like she, <laughs> she just. I mean, she when she get a little hobby or anything, she gonna run off with it. I mean, arts and crafts. I mean, knitting. I mean, she just anything she could do just to make a quick buck for us to you know be able to stay above water and be able to have something to eat and wear some nice clothes to school or anything. Like she, she did that. Kurt Knowles is here with us in the studio today. Are you hearing this? His mom could like hook you up with your new clothing line. She could do some underwear for you. Yes. <laughs> we talk quite a bit. <laughs> so you credit your mom for instilling a strong work ethic in you and your sister at a very young age. So how did she do that? Um, I mean, what was it specifically just her, her hard work and her hustling? What was it that, that stuck with you? Just, I mean, just how, I mean, just how she did it. I mean, she just did it and she never complained. Like I knew she was tired. Like I see her, you know, I see it, it'd be six o'clock at night. She just go to bed. We have a bedtime. At, me and my sister, we were supposed to have a bedtime at nine, but she fall asleep before us. So we staying up all night, but just, you know, just growing up and paying attention to things and just seeing how, just how tired she was and just how hard she was working and just seeing the sacrifice that she did for me and my sister to be able to um, live, you know, better than she did when she was younger and just, um, um, it just, I mean, it was just like, it just hit me. It just made me want to be like, I want to give that all back to her tenfold, you know? And so that's why I just, I come about my work every day the same way she did. So I was joking with you earlier about what time you got up. Cause I know you have, you mm-hmm. maybe stayed up late when you were younger, but now I bet you're in bed early cause you're up so early. So tell me about your, your daily routine, what that looks like for you. Uh, my daily routine, so uh, my alarm probably, I mean, it kind of depends on the day, but um, most of the time it comes off at 530. Uh, I wake up, uh, uh, I, you know, brush my teeth, do all the things mandatory in the morning. And um, so I get in the car, I sit in the car. If it's cold, then I, I got to I gotta turn the car on and I wait outside, I wait inside <laughs> for, for it to warm up. Then I, I get in the car, I play the music super, super loud, so I wake up and I drive to the gym and then... Um, Get, I mean, get my come in the gym, get my stuff on, uh, come in, come in, stretch, and then do uh, my micings and stuff like that. Things before the workout, 
and then uh, just work out as hard as I can until till it's over. And then um, after that, well, most of the time we usually have weights right after uh, right after that workout. So then I go and do weights. I come in and tell Coach Darby, we always joke about that, talk about we trying to make money. And, you know, because I'm in the weight room, if you you investing in your body, that's the that's the money maker. So I come in there and make that uh, make the money. Then I will eat breakfast and then um, I'll probably be I'll be already retired from just being up that early. So I take a nap and then um, you have to check into the cafeteria by 1030 through 130. So around that time, uh, I'll just link up with a few of my teammates and we'll decide on the time we're going to go. So we'll go, we'll eat, talk, uh, hang out for a little bit. Then uh, practice is usually around like 2.30 or 3.30. Sometimes it depends on the situation. It'll be later or earlier. So then I'll take a nap till then, and then uh, we'll have practice. And then, I mean, I mean, practice is every day is competitive. I mean, we want to be one of the greatest teams in the country. So um, go in there. We, uh, we fight hard. We compete hard. work hard. Then after practice, uh, eat, eat a meal or something like that. Then um, probably go home. Or I'll get an ice bath actually, and then go home and hang out for a little bit, and then um, it all depends either. Well, sometimes I'll come back and uh, we'll just get some shots up or anything, or just get another workout in, and then I mean repeat next day. You do this every day. Every day. So what songs playing at five thirty in the morning when you get in your car to pump you up for the day? It's a, it's a whole. I got a whole playlist. Right, <laughs> Let's hear some of them. You probably never heard of them. Probably not. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love Ace Rico. You never heard. I know you never heard Ace I never Rico. Have, but I'm gonna look him up as soon as you leave. And then my coach always mess with me because I love Zay Bang. He he always he called me Zay Bang in practice. Coach Williams he used to say Zay Bang. What you say? <laughs> I put him on. So, <laughs> but yeah, those are probably like the main artists I listen to in the morning. They just get me fired up and just get me ready to work. So. That's awesome. So your text coaches have credited you with being a magnet for people that are wanting to improve. Which clearly, I mean, your your daily routine speaks for itself. So, what do you think it's a that what is it about you that's caused um, your teammates to want to follow in your footsteps? Um, I think they just see that the product of hard work and it just seeing it pay off. I mean, um, I mean, ever since I like ever since I started working out and doing these things in basketball, I mean, it's all been a, it's just been about improving and making a jump and making a leap and uh, just uh, improving on things that turning my weaknesses into strengths. So to the point where you get you. People that think that are weaknesses, you can exploit them by using them as strengths. So uh, I think just seeing that and just seeing how uh, how I come about it every day in the gym. I mean, you t- if you if you see me in a workout, you are gonna know my shirt is gonna be drenched, and uh, I'm gonna just keep I'm gonna just keep going. And I mean, you know, it doesn't matter doesn't matter how tired I am. I just I know that I want to be better, you know. And that's that's the end goal is being better. So if I mean, and that's the, all I think about when I work out every time I step on that course. So. I think that this guy seeing that and knowing that that's, they have a guy that's willing to do those things in a workout, I mean, it kind of makes you just want to work out with that person because it's going to push you to do the same thing. I love it. You told my son this a few weeks ago. You said, you know, if you earn the respect of your teammates, if you miss a shot, they don't care because they know how hard you work. You've been the first one at the gym because you earned their respect. Right, right. It's a respect factor. I mean, I and that's what that's what I want to see from my teammates. I mean, I like actually when they when practice when I, I like when I see them try to shoot a shot and they miss because it's the fact that you in the gym working on that shot and that's gonna make you want to come back in the gym and work on that shot even more. So I read this quote where you said, There have been a lot of times when I'm out here by myself and doubt creeps into my mind. So I think that is relatable to everybody that's listening to this episode of this podcast and mm-hmm. whatever it is that they're doing. So what do you do when that doubt creeps in? How do you how do you work through that? Uh, just work harder, honestly. I mean, I said I know it sounds cliche, but I mean, sometimes I mean, there's times always people going to have their uh, down moments in their life or 
feel like uh dang like i worked hard at this and it's not going for good for me it's not this stuff is not working stuff is not working i always feel like just getting back into the lab and just working and working on it and working on it i mean it proof is always in the pudding and work always so shows work always shows so um i just feel like getting back to work on it and, and i mean just just uh watching watching just putting the work towards it watching and that goes in all aspects watching film i mean handling life like a pro getting rest um eating right and just trying to do all the right things so you can you know be able to be successful bryson you work hard so what do you do for fun uh, with the few minutes that you have at the end of the day what do you do for fun uh play video i play a lot of video games <laughs> every adolescent kid is so excited to hear you say that <laughs> yeah i play video games i play uh i play some call of duty uh gta hitman batman spider-man i play all that like i, I love video games that's probably like my favorite downtime because it's like i'm i'm active i'm playing something but i'm resting at the same time i'm not out in the streets i'm not running around i'm off my legs and stuff like that so I feel like my son paid you to say that <laughs> for real. So you've had plenty of opportunities, both collegiately and professionally to grow your career once you made the decision to transfer from UTEP last year. So what made you choose Texas Tech? Uh, ultimately, what made me choose Texas Tech was I knew I wanted to be a better defender. And uh, um, I mean, I, I've always been a good scorer. I've always been good on the offensive end. And I, but defense, I kind of had some lapses and things like that. And I knew that uh, I knew that where I wanted to get to, which is the NBA, I knew I had to be a be a better defender. And I felt like I had the ability to. I feel like I got the ability. I could, I mean, guard really anybody. So uh, and then um, with Mark Adams getting the head coaching job and being at Texas Tech, I mean, this is the Big 12. It's the best conference in America, in my opinion. Um, I felt like it was the exposure was there and the right person was there for me to be able to get better in that in that aspect. So. Uh, that's what ultimately made me choose Texas Tech. I just wanted, I mean, I just knew what I need to get better at and I knew the guy who could do it. So what's been the toughest thing for you about transitioning to the Big 12? Uh, the toughest thing about transitioning to me, um, I mean, really just that you play dogs every night. I mean, like, I mean, you just playing, you playing some big teams. I mean, you play Baylor one day and then the next two days later, you're going to play Kansas and they both rank top five, you know, and um, then you got to go into a team that's probably not ranked, but they still really, really good. You go to Oklahoma State and then you end up having to go to West Virginia. And I mean, those are all talented teams with legend coaches, you know, in the great venues of basketball. I think that was just the that was the biggest thing about transition to Big 12 is just like it's just it's it's a it's a roller coaster the whole way through. So you just mentioned Kansas. This episode will air in a few weeks, even though we're recording it today. You know, you had a good game. You had a great game. My son was like, he's the goat <laughs> <laughs> the next morning. So what are you going to do with that coming off of that 33 point? Um, the record. same the same thing I've been doing, just working hard and uh, just uh, continue to build off that and just, I mean, do whatever it takes to win, win games. Ultimately, that's all I care about. So what is it that you love best about playing for the Red Raiders? Uh, what I love best about playing with the Red Raiders is, I mean, for one, I love that swag surf. That I, I can't get over that. I love, I love, I it. love it too. I love, it's my favorite part of the game. <laughs> I love, yeah, I, that's what I, that's one thing I would say. I love, home, I love our home court advantage here at Texas Tech. I love the fans how they come out and they show out for us and uh, the love they show off the court and just uh, and how much they care about basketball. I mean, they care about winning and um, and I mean when we do win, they're gonna turn up for you. You know what I'm saying? And then they they just they just they love basketball here. They the culture here. Um, um, I love Lubbock. I mean, I feel like it's a lot of great people out here, very nice people. Um, a lot of trucks. That's the one thing that's really different out here is a lot of trucks. 
<laughs> do you like trucks? I like trucks. I do like trucks. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's a lot of them. <laughs> there are a lot of trucks. There's a lot of trucks, but uh, I love that. And um, I also love, uh, I just love the basketball culture. I love my teammates. I mean, like, this is one of the teams that I come on. And I mean, it just feels like a brotherhood already from the jump. I mean, we all love each other. We all care about each other. And I mean, you can tell that when we get on the court, it's like we, it's just like you feel us fighting for each other. So I love that about this place. So how are you, how, how do you leverage the magic of that home court advantage without becoming overly confident? I mean, I think I feel like you leverage it by just preparation and um, and playing for your team. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, those fans, I mean, just they're, they're there for us. But I mean, they can't play for us. You know, they're not on the court. They can't affect any part of the game other than cheering us on. You know, so I feel like that uh, playing for your teammates and uh, going out there and playing hard for them and fighting far for them and just knowing the end goal is that we want all want to win. I feel like that's the that's how you leverage that. So looking back over the past six years of your collegiate basketball career would you change anything I wouldn't I wouldn't at all I mean I feel like this I feel like uh the route I took you know going from Fresno for two years and then uh transferring to UTEP and then having to sit out and not watch those games and not be able to play and to going into playing and playing for two years and then the COVID year playing with that COVID year and just experiencing that and then I mean coming ultimately coming to Texas Tech I mean I wouldn't change it all I think it I actually think it uh help my mindset and uh, turn me into the player that I am today. So what do you want your legacy to be at Texas Tech? What I want my legacy to be is I just want, I want um, everyone to remember me as a person who came to this program and, um, and did all he can to change it for the better and, uh, and just embodied what a Red Raider really is. I mean, a person that wants to come and uh, works hard every day uh, doesn't complain about anything and um, brings his hard hat every day. Make you whether he feeling good or feeling bad or doesn't want to do it or doesn't doesn't feel like having the day that he needs to. I, I just want to embody what a Red Raider is, and that I feel like that's what it is. Is a person that works hard, has grit, competitiveness, and um, just does whatever it takes to win. So, for parents of young kids out there who are listening to this episode, what advice do you have for them? For parents mm-hmm. With, um, of young athletes, mm-hmm. I would say uh, that to the parents of young athletes, is I would just say that uh, just keep them keep them motivated and keep them focused. I mean, don't I mean the, all the partying and all the stuff that sounds fun is things that are distractions, and those those are things that can actually knock you off your path. And I mean, they may be fun at the moment, but it won't be fun later on in life. I would just say like, do all that you can to keep them focused. Do do your part to keep them and keep them in an advantage because I mean there's a there, you got to think in the basketball I mean this is a global game there's people you competing against in Europe China um, Africa you know there's there's people playing basketball everywhere and you got to think that you won in a in 7 billion you know to try to make it in this game so I would say that uh, just keep them focused and just keep them in line and just know that I mean, they, they, if they really love it, they're going to want it, you know, and uh, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't even say in basketball, I mean, push in anything, you know, I mean, maybe basketball isn't for them. Maybe they don't love basketball as much as they love gaming, or maybe they don't love basketball as much as they love arts and crafts or painting. Like it's all the same thing. If you want it, you got to work hard at it and you got to keep your focus on it. And that's how you're going to be successful in whatever you do. Okay. Bryson, last question. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you get big one day and leave Lubbock and are playing for the NBA and just making millions and billions of dollars, where are you going to deposit all that money? 
Oh, I'm definitely going to deposit in First United Bank. Yeah, you are. <laughs> the best bank in West Texas. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That, oh. was, that was the shameful Money. plug right there. <laughs> Bryson, you have been such a joy to be here today. I mean, you are so sure. easy to support. Um, not even just as a Red Raider fan, but just everything about you is so inspiring. And um, I told my best friend this morning on my way to work, I was like, Sarah, Bryson's going to be in the studio today. He's our first interview for the podcast. And she was like, oh my gosh, will you please tell him that we love him? Everybody <laughs> loves him. And so I just want you to know that, that we're so proud of you at First United Bank and so thankful Thank you. Um, that you're representing our brand, um, both on and off the court. And we wish you the very best of luck the rest of the season and everything that you do. Thank you so much. That's really a blessing for you to say that. I really appreciate that. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Amy, this, uh, I tell you, this season, uh, we have an incredible lineup, but this was one of the most inspiring Absolutely. Interviews. I mean, he's so impressive to watch on the court, but I was absolutely blown away by our conversation with him today because yeah. he's just so impressive. For so many reasons, he's so impressive and inspiring. I don't know if it's the lights in the new studio or what it is, but there was a presence to him mm-hmm. here in the studio with us today. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a really, really different experience for me. You know, and for somebody that is so powerful, so disciplined, so driven, um, he also, you can just see it. I mean, he's he's unbelievably confident, obviously, but so humble. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So yeah. kind. Um, so well-spoken. You know, one of the things that we didn't talk about today in our interview is, is, you know, really as impressive as he is on the court, he's as impressive, if not more so, off the court. Jared, he's been a member of the CUSA Commissioner's Academic Honor Roll for the past three years. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So he's working just as hard in the classroom as he is um, on and off the yeah. court um, yeah. with his his mental and, and physical um, the work that he's doing and he's putting into his craft. He's also focusing on his grades and his schooling. I, uh, I felt so inspired by his sheer determination. Uh, the fact that I can't get up three times a week, 30 minutes early and walk on the treadmill and this guy is doing it every day, hours before his day starts, before most people's day starts and he's doing this every spare moment that he has is just like how can I not get up 30 minutes early and just walk on a treadmill? It's, it's just, I mean, it's just sheer determination mm-hmm. and having your goal and doing whatever it takes to make that goal yes, work. Laser focused uh, yeah, on yeah. what he wants um, in life. And, you know, I love the story of his mom and the relationship that he has with his mom mm-hmm. and um, how she's shaped who he is today yeah, and he yeah. credits her with, with so much of that and I just I love listening to him talk about her he lights up when he talks about her and you can tell he's extremely proud of her yeah. and of who he is you know who he is and where he came from um, so he's he's not from West Texas Jared but he certainly embodies the spirit of West Texas and yes. everything um, that we want to celebrate here at First United yeah. Bank yeah. it's going to be fun to watch him over the next few years yeah. to see oh, what yeah. happens with him yeah. I know he'll land on his feet wherever he goes so yeah. absolutely Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Spirit of West Texas podcast. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do that. Um, we'd just love for you, button, just one little, one little button, we'd love for you um, to, to subscribe to the Spirit of West Texas podcast. And you can find more information about upcoming episodes and some notes from today's episode um, on our website at spiritofwesttexaspodcast.com. I do have 
one little beef with you over the interview. Oh, okay. <laughs> he mentioned video games. He did mention video games. And you said that's going to be so nice for all these adolescent kids to... <laughs> I see where you're going with this. I'm I'm in my 40s, good or bad. I'm I'm in that same ballpark. I stand corrected. All right. (laughs) Thanks. That's all I needed. That's all I needed to hear. Uh, On that note, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you all in the next round. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.